Welcome, everyone, to the Wednesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, Tyler Crawley, and it's a big day. It is. It's a big one. It's finally going to happen. The Fed decision on interest rates will be happening later today at 2 o'clock is when the decision is announced. And then 2.30, we got the press conference with Jay Powell. I'm on pins and needles. I'm very excited about this. <laughs> now, of course, we know what the decision's going to be. Uh, Jerome Powell couldn't have been any clearer during his testimony earlier this month. Quarter basis point increase, or I should say a quarter point increase, a 25 basis point, a quarter basis point. <laughs> that would be so great. We've announced that we're going to be raising interest rates by a quarter of a basis point. Not even going to basis point. We're doing a quarter of a basis point. So that decision will be happening later today. And everyone knows what it's going to say. You're just wondering if there could be something surprising such as asset purchases um, or really asset sales. Are they going to announce that one of the other ways that they're going to be dealing with this inflation is they're going to start selling treasuries or mortgage-backed securities? And then, of course, what impact that would have, especially on the housing sector, with now a lot more mortgage-backed securities out there, could be interesting. We haven't seen any evidence of that, but you do wonder. But today we are going to get our decision. Everyone's been talking about the Fed. And just a reminder that Fed traders... I think it was two days ago, had already priced in seven consecutive rate hikes. So this is the first of many, but we have finally reached that day. So we'll be talking about that on tomorrow's podcast. In fact, there's actually a lot that's being released today. We'll talk about that at the end of the podcast as normal. What we have to discuss is what happened and what came out yesterday in one of the big reports from CoreLogic, the CoreLogic Single Family Rent Index for the beginning of 2022. That's right. They're looking at January, and not surprisingly, rents picked up in 2022, exactly where they left off in 2021. Rents climbed year over year 12.6% nationally. That's a big number. That's the fastest annual increase in over 16 years. And more than likely, that's probably as long as they've been collecting data. (laughs) So it's probably even longer than that. Uh, Month over month, rents jumped 0.6%. That was actually the biggest gain we've seen since November. But of course, we're talking about January. So it was really only about two months removed from when we saw that 0.6 jump in November. And here's probably the unfortunate takeaway from this report because we've been talking about this CoreLogic rent index for a while. It's really been one of the the bigger issues with understanding the hot demand for houses right now. But one of the I guess you could say silver linings in the report has always had always been that it was the higher priced rentals that were seeing the most appreciation because the idea was, okay, well, if you're at that level, maybe you can afford that increase and it's not having a big impact on you or the overall economy. You just, you know, when you're rich, you just find money from somewhere else and you're good to go. Well, unfortunately, the latest report shows, I think we saw this in the last one, is that now the middle tier 
is starting to see the most appreciation. There's two middle tiers. So there's low priced and high priced. And then there's low middle and then high middle. So I just did kind of an average of that middle tier to get one price point. And on average, middle price property saw an average increase of 13.4%. That is a big increase, especially when you look at January 2021, when they were up only 3.4%. That's a big jump any way you look at it, but the fact that it's even happening in the middle tier is something that is concerning. High price properties were up 12.2% year over year compared to January 21 when they were up 4.5%. And lower price properties were the lowest, but still up 12% year over year compared to January 21, up 3%. So you could say, okay, well, at least the lower price properties still are seeing the least appreciation but it's still double digits, it's still 12%. And the fact that the middle tier is now seeing the highest is concerning, but it's also an explanation of what's happening in housing. And before we get to that, this this number just blows me away. Miami by far saw the biggest year-over-year appreciation of all the metros that they monitor. (laughs) This number, 38.6% year-over-year appreciation in January, 2022. <laughs> it's like, I mean, the next closest was Orlando was up 19.9% and Phoenix up 189 I mean, 38.6%. I have not been able to look at the data, so I can't say for certain, but I'm going to have to assume that Miami was hit hard by COVID and rents just plummeted because how else do you get that? Not, I mean, like I said, it's, it's, Rents are elevated. I mean, the fact that you have Orlando and Phoenix both around 20%, which is what you're seeing with home prices, but f- almost 40%. <laughs> I, don't, I, I didn't get a chance to look at it. I, I do want to go back and look, but I'll admit that I did not get a chance to do it. I just have to assume that Miami took a hit. <laughs> That's how that's able to happen. I just couldn't imagine you're renting a place and then you go to renegotiate after you've been there for a year and they're like, oh yeah, your rent's going up 40%. <laughs> I don't like to laugh because that's horrible. That is absolutely horrible. But it's just, it's such a crazy number. It's just, it, it, it really is. And as I mentioned, housing is a big component of this because yeah, when people are buying homes, especially if they're going to be investment properties, the more you pay for a home, the more you're going to have to charge in rent in order to make money on that property. But then, of course, as home prices are going up and then people are charging more for those properties, that's going to push rent up overall. And so that's why you'll hear a lot of people outside of the housing sector who continue to wonder why demand for housing remains elevated when you have double-digit price appreciation for homes and rising rates. And let's face it, rents have been the answer and will continue to be the answer to that question. I mean, when you have Miami, of course, Miami's an extreme example. I understand that. But if home prices are up 20% and rents up almost 40%, it's still cheaper to buy with the higher rents or rates, I should say. And here's, I think, the biggest argument for home buying really of all. You know, a lot of people say, well, the purpose of buying a home is to build equity and build wealth. And sure, that's a great, that's a great part of it. And the appreciation that your home receives, especially right now, is a bonus. But the real benefit and advantage to buying is you're locking in your shelter costs. 
So with rent, I mean, rents can go up every year. I mean, maybe you're lucky you do a two, three-year contract, but then you're still gonna have to renegotiate. I mean, you could buy a home and for three years, your mortgage is gonna stay the same price. Now, I understand that taxes will go up and down. <laughs> Just kidding. If they ever go down, taxes never go down. Taxes might go up, insurance might go up, you know, things can change. But for the most part, you're talking about a minuscule amount. The big aspect is gonna be your interest rate and your principal. And that's what you're locking in when you buy and you're looking at rents right now. And sure, what we're seeing is extreme, but let's just say on average, you're looking at three to 4% appreciation when it comes to rental units. Well, over time, that's going to equate to a lot of money versus locking in and buying. And so that's why when any, when anyone outside of housing asks me, how is it possible that housing can still be in demand with all of these factors, rising rates, uh, just, skyrocketing home prices it's because people want to lock in their shelter costs people want to lock in that mortgage and know what they're going to be paying versus renting and you don't know what's going to happen sure rent can go down we saw that during COVID, but nine times out of ten it's it's going up but that's the answer to the question how are people still buying why are people still buying well because rents are skyrocketing as well and more than likely are going to continue to at least fall back into their normal pattern which is four or five percent and if you can lock in your shelter costs, why would you not do that? And so that's why it makes sense for people to buy, even if people believe that home prices are elevated. I know people say, well, your home won't be underwater if you see a drop in home prices, which no one is projecting. But let's say you do. Let's say you see a 5 10% drop. Unless you're planning on selling that house immediately, who cares? If you're like, I'm not moving for 20 years or 15 years, it doesn't matter if you're positive or negative. All that matters to you is that payment that you're making and that it and that it's stable and it's locked in. And that's what buying does. And like I said, no one's expecting there to be a drop in home prices or in rents anytime soon because we're looking at inflation data. And one of the biggest components of these inflation numbers, shelter costs. And we're not seeing any reduction whatsoever. And in fact, yesterday we got the producer price index for February and it showed double digit gains year over year in the month of February, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, month over month, the producer price index for final demand increased 0.8%, which is down from January when it was 1.2%. But it's still almost 1% a month. And when you think about that on an annualized basis, that's 12%. So 8.8% is still a big number, even if it's less than the 1.2%. And the year over year, as I mentioned, 10% year over year price increases. Now, this is unchanged from January's revised numbers. And it's weird because I remember the last report and it being close to double digits. And then I was looking at today's numbers and it said it's unchanged. And I thought, wait, what? And I went back and I realized they revised those numbers upward. So when the report originally came out for January, they said that month over month, it was up 1% and year over year, 9.7. And then they adjusted those numbers. And so even though it looked like, oh, it's not so bad, the numbers stayed the same. That was the first time we actually got a report that showed 10% year over year inflation. And so 
it was kind of interesting that you didn't get a little more hoopla about it because it, it was a little confusing that, oh, well, we had that last month, but we didn't really, not when it was initially reported. That was a revised number. An important stat as well, removing food and energy, you know, we always love to do that, right? The core, the core index, it's still up 6.6%. Now that might be down from December when it was seven, but it's still six. 0.6%. So everyone that says, oh, you know, these these uh, supply chain issues with energy and, of course, the war is affecting, you know, gasoline prices. And then we got, you know, these food costs and the supply chain issues. You take those out, it's really not that bad. Yeah, it's still 6.6. It's still pretty bad. It's still a concern. No doubt about that. And so that's why all eyes are going to be on the Fed today as they make their decision, or I should say the Federal Open Market Committee will make its decision. That will be out at 2 o'clock. As we know, Jerome Powell made it very clear that he supported a quarter, or the committee supported a quarter basis point, in or a quarter point increase. <laughs> I keep combining those. It's a big difference. A 25 basis point hike is what uh, they are expecting. A quarter point a lot of people, like myself, would probably like to see a 50 basis point increase, but a quarter point is what everyone is expecting. And the big question is, what are they going to talk about with regards to asset purchases and then the possible sale of those assets? Could there be something in that release that maybe answers some of those questions? Because that could move the market. And I'll be honest with you, this is the first time since I really started paying attention. Because yes, I talked politics for 10 years on the radio, but I never really paid that much attention to what was happening with, you know, markets and especially these announcements. And so this will be the first time I can observe a market reaction. Like what happens to bonds? What happens to commodities? What happens to, you know, our equity markets when the, the decision is actually announced? I mean, I, arguably it feels like it's priced in, but I don't know. I, I don't know. So I'm not going to pretend to be like, well, here's what's going to happen. Because I don't know. This will be the first time I'll be able to watch it. Because I think the last rate hike was 2018. So I still, you know, I, mean, I was aware of it. But it wasn't something that I was watching immediately upon that announcement to see how the markets reacted. So another topic we'll be getting into on tomorrow's podcast. So before that happens, though, we do have mortgage demand and rates. That's out from the Mortgage Bankers Association at 7 a.m. Then we got retail sales. Those are out at 8.30, and they are supposed to increase 0.4%. And then at 10 a.m., we got builder confidence, which is expected to drop 1.281. So, man, we got a busy day. Probably going to be a long podcast. Just letting you know. Because there is a lot to discuss and a lot to be aware of that is happening today. So we'll be talking about it on the Wednesday edition of Markets and Mortgages. You guys enjoy your Wednesday. I'll see you back here Thursday morning for a probably longer edition of the podcast. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. Wait.